So it's uh, good morning. It's so good to be with you uh, this morning and uh, to be able to share God's word with you. I realized as I was getting ready for this, I, I was realizing like, you know, every time I meet people in, in at the office during the week, I realize they're asking about me. I'm like, they don't really know who I am. So I'll just give you a little bit about who I am so you can get to know me a little bit better. Uh, I am originally from uh, a little town called Killarney, Manitoba in the southwest corner of, of Manitoba. So I'm a prairie boy, uh, born and raised there. And uh, from there, I then went to Bible college in Saskatoon, Saskatchewan, and, and uh, pastored in a, couple, in a church in Saskatchewan, and, and actually a brief stint in northwestern Ontario, but most of my time in Saskatchewan. And uh, then when I was in Saskatchewan, I started to feel God leading me to... Um, to move to Quebec, and there was a program in Quebec that I got involved with to start learning French and get involved with uh, the the church there in Montreal. So I lived there for a year, and then after that, I uh, I connected with uh, Pastor Luke Poirier, who many of you know, in uh, in Beresford, and so I moved up here. And uh, in the process of moving up here, I uh, met and fell in love with a maritime girl. So uh, we've been we've been married for. We actually realized just. A couple days ago, we've been married for a year and a half, and uh, and uh, so the Maritimes I think are stuck with me for a little bit, and because uh, uh, it's kind of I guess you could say it's grabbed my heart in more ways than one, um, but yeah, it's a, it's a privilege to be able to share God's word with you uh, this morning, and uh, you know Pastor Andrew started off a series uh, last week about awakening, our need to wake up spiritually, to be alert, and to awake from complacency and apathy and to find the areas that, that we're sleeping. And know oh, this message that I'm going to share with you this morning isn't directly a part of that series, but it is kind of connected to that theme. Because there's different ways that we can fall asleep in life. There are ways that we settle, that we can get apathetic, that we get complacent, maybe that we feel like we're just on cruise control, just running through the motions. Or there may be other times where we're feeling exhausted and burnt out. So we're just on, on coasting through life because that's all we feel that we can do. And we know in our heads that we're not living the best life we could be living. We know we're not joyful, but we're getting by. So we think, well, that's enough. I, I, at least I can get by. But we need to look at ourselves and see if that's really what God wants for us. In John 10.10, 10, it says, The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy, but I have come that you may have life and have it to the full. This is Jesus' promise for us, that he came so that we could have life to the full. Life abundantly, some translations say. You know, I had a youth pastor who he would say about this passage and, and others, he said, are we living like we believe that? We may believe it in our heads and say that it's, it's true that God has come to give us life to the full, but are we living like we believe that? Are we settling for less than the full life that God has for us? We need to ask ourselves, am I living the sort of life for Jesus, that the, the life that he wants me, the full life that he wants for me? And if we aren't, we need to look at how do we move forward? For as a follower of Jesus, we need to look at the Bible and see how it points us to get unstuck, to get out of the rut we may find ourselves in, to get off of cruise control so that we can truly follow him. Because even though we may feel comfortable 
and safe in our, in our rut. The Bible does show us that God has so much more for us than to be stuck in our comfort. Today we're going to be looking at John chapter 15. I would encourage you to turn there. There's a lot that Jesus is, is taught his disciples, especially in John 15 and the surrounding chapters of that. See, because Jesus was right about to go to the cross. He was about to lay his life down for, for us so that we could have new life. So there's this large section of just before Jesus is going to the cross of him teaching his disciples. I see it as him showing them how to follow him and how to live committed to him without him being there. He's saying, this is what you need to know. If I'm not going to be by your side every step of the way, this is what you need to know. He's showing them what, a, what life of a follower of him should look like. And he's calling them to, to live how he wants them to live. And we see throughout, there, it's about from, verse, from chapter 13 to about seven, chapter 17, you see him encouraging them about how to live with the Holy Spirit and be dependent on the Holy Spirit, also to, to know his love and to be dependent on it. So all of these things go into this passage we're going to be reading today. We're starting at John chapter 15, starting at verse 1. It says, I am the true vine, and my Father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does not bear fruit he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. You, you are already clean because of the word I've spoken to you. Remain in me as also I remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself, so it must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire, and burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Now remain in my love. If you keep my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have kept my, my Father's commands and remain in his love. I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. My command is this, love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this to lay down one's life for one's friends. You are my friends if you do what I command. I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I have called you friends for everything that I learned from my father I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I choose you and appointed you so that you might go and bear fruit, fruit that will last, so that whatever you ask in my name, the Father will give you. This is my command, love each other. Would you just bow with a word of, word of prayer? Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. We ask that you would let these truths and this word sink down deep into our soul and our spirit. May you speak to each one of us. May the words I say, may, may they be from you. And may you change us and work in each one of our hearts, I pray. Pray this in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. So there's 
so much in this passage, and we could probably spend a week discussing it and trying to figure out how to apply it to our lives. There's so much in there. But I want to just start off with, with noting here that Jesus is declaring who he is. He says, I am the true vine. You know, in, in the Gospel of John, there are many statements about who Jesus is that Jesus makes about himself. There, there, a lot of them are, you may know, the I am statements. There's kind of seven iconic ones. of Jesus saying, I am this, uh, he's saying different things about himself, revealing who he is. So this one is the seventh. He's saying, I'm the vine. I'm the source of life, the connection to life. For followers of him, there needs to be a connection to him in order to live. Because we can't live apart from him. We can't live apart from Jesus. We need to depend on him for everything. In order to live, we need him. Because when we lose that connection, we can feel it. I don't know if you've gone through times like that in your life, but I know I have of times where you feel like you've lost that connection with God. Maybe through a season of grief or pain or confusion. You felt disconnected. But the amazing thing about Jesus is that he always welcomes us back, doesn't he? He welcomes us back to experience his life, to have that life again. That's why we need to remain in him. That word remain... Some translations, some of you may know it as abide. One study that I, that I use says, I really liked this, this translation of the word. It said reside. Or the message translation by Eugene Peterson says to live in him. I really like that, that frame on it, that description of it. Because it, it helped me kind of get a different grasp of it. This idea of living in him. Of residing, making our home in him and later on it says not just in him but in his love and i loved what some of uh, the folks were sharing here today as uh, about just being in his love and that's what it is to remain in christ to abide in him to make your home in him and his love to make that the place that we live in our lives so to say that we need to remain in christ or make our home in him it can sound a little vague sometimes. Just one of those things we say in church and wonder, well, but we don't actually know what that means. You know, some people might say, well, that just means we need to have our 15-minute quiet time in the morning and you need to come to church on Sunday. And while those things are good and excellent, it's not about a checklist of things that you need to do. Remaining in Christ is so much more than, than just 15 minutes throughout the week and an hour and a half on Sunday. God wants so much more for us. So think of your home. What is your home to you? And what should a home be? Well, it's, it's a safe place for you. A place to be protected. It's a place where you feel secure and at home, comfortable. Where you go to rest and reset and recharge. Where you go to just take a breath. And that's what Christ is to be for us. He's our safe place, our home, our refuge, as it says throughout the Bible. We need him to actually be that for us. 
So to remain in His love, as He goes on to say, to, to live in His love, we need to stay connected to the love that He has for us. When we spend time with Him, we need to pause, reflect, meditate, grasp His love, and don't be scared by that word meditate. It just really means to think about, to be consumed, to fill your mind with His love. How often do we, do we treat devotion time or church or whatever it is, maybe your connect group or, or however you're, whatever you're trying to do for God, how often do we treat it as a checklist instead of something you do to stay connected to the one who loves you? Are we so consumed by God's love that it's like we live in it, like it's the air we breathe? That, it's, that God is the one we go to for our safety as our refuge? Is He the one that we depend on? That's why we need that strong connection with Him. But there's so many different things in our lives that we try to go to in order to feel safe, isn't there? Things we go to and run to when we're worried and scared and stressed out, when life is feeling out of control, when we're sad. Rather than remembering Christ's love and, and going to Him and trusting in Him, we go to, go to things like maybe it's relationships that aren't healthy. And we just go back to those relationships because they feel comfortable. They feel easy. Maybe we just sit in front of the TV and turn our brains off because there we feel comfortable. Maybe it's through scrolling social media. Maybe it's through, through food or through drugs, or whatever it may be. There are so many things that each one of us goes to for, for safety, for comfort. Things we, we feel comfortable doing. We feel like we're in control when we do them. We do those things rather than going to our Savior, our true source of life. The thing is that those things that we run to so often, they're just temporary fixes, aren't they? They ultimately don't help us. They don't give us life. They don't give us joy. Instead, they help us kind of sink deeper into our comfortable ruts rather than experiencing the life of connection with Jesus. You know, I know a few months ago we spent some time in the book of Ephesians. And I love the, the prayer of, of Paul that he prays for the people of Ephesus found in, in Ephesians chapter 3. This is what he prays about how they would relate to God's love. So that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you being rooted and established in love may have power together with all of the Lord's people to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ. And to know this love that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled to the measure of the fullness of God. Life with Christ and being connected to Him is coming to understand His love more and more. That we would be rooted in it. That we would be established in it. That our life would be built on Him and His love for us. His love that we can never fully comprehend. We need to let that love fill us. To change us. I would encourage you to just think, take a moment now to think about 
His love for you. Think about how He sacrificed Himself for you. To free you from your sin. To give you a new way of life. Free from guilt and shame. To give you eternal life. How He's maybe transformed you. Ways He's changed you. Think about His love and what He's done for you. How He always welcomes you back to Him. So to root ourselves in His love and to stay connected to to Jesus. There are so many ways that we can do this. We do this by worshiping Him. We did that earlier by, by being in awe of Him. Of course, by reading Scriptures. By dwelling on Him. But I think it's, it's throughout the day. I was reading just recently about groups of monks who they set up their daily schedule seven times a day. They just have a simple time of prayer, reading the Psalms, singing the Psalms, and worshiping God. They even do it in the middle of the night. They wake up and take a moment to do that. And how different, uh, I've even thought about myself wondering how different would my life be if every couple hours of the day I just took a minute, two minutes, just to reflect on God's love, to remember His love for me, to remember that He has a purpose for my life, to, to remind myself that I am connected to Him and I need Him for everything in life. If I took a moment just to thank Him, How different would my life be? How different would our lives be? How different would our church be if we did that? I think we'd see a transforming work of God because we'd be truly connected to Him. Because I'm sure you know that connection with God and following Jesus, this isn't a one-time thing. We don't pray one prayer and then say, well, I'm connected with God. I've got everything I need. No, we need to be connected with Him regularly, daily. Moment by moment, we need Him. Just like a branch on a tree or a vine, it doesn't detach itself for a week and then come back once a week to try and get reattached. It has to stay connected. And we're the same way. Because that's where we're going to for life. We need Him for life. And as we're shaped by God's love and by our connection to Him, by living in Him, it says in this, that passage in John 15 that we read that things will be pruned, that things will fall off of our life as we, be, we become more like Jesus because it's God who does the work in us. We begin to look more like Jesus in the changes that get made in our lives whether it's the, the sin that gets cut off or the shame and guilt that's in our lives, or maybe the selfishness, the ways that we live, those things begin to slowly fall off as we follow Him with obedience. And we become free to truly love others. Because that's what Jesus calls us to in that passage that we read. That's His command And throughout the Bible, we see that command to follow His example and to love like Jesus loved. Jesus at one point in John 13 says that people will know that we are His disciples 
by how we love others. We'll be noticed for it. Hopefully that's what we're getting noticed for as, as Christians, as followers of Christ. Hopefully we're getting noticed for how we love and care about others. That's what I want to get noticed for. So what does loving others look like? I think it looks, it looks like serving. It looks like laying our lives down, giving of ourselves. Because that's what Jesus did. Again, in, in John 13, and this is one of my, probably one of my favorite pa- uh, passages of Scripture. Right before Jesus washed his disciples' feet. Which if you don't know the, the story and the context of it, that was a, a very um, humble thing that he did. He took the place of a servant or even a slave. Teachers like Jesus who were revered, they wouldn't do that. But Jesus did that because it says that right before he washed their feet, it says he loved them to the end. And it says that he also knew that he was there on the Father's business. He knew that he was the Father's son, so he knew who he was. And he knew that he loved his disciples, so he got up and he washed their feet. This ultimate act of humility in the place of a servant. And then a little later, he actually lays his life down for them, for us, on the cross. He served and gave of himself because he truly loved. Our time with God, our time with Jesus, living in his love, residing in it, abiding in it, that's going to change us. It will shape us to love others, to push us outward. Because that love, it turns into fruit. Jesus said we, we wouldn't be able to do anything without him. Apart from him, we can do nothing, it says. So we need to ask ourselves, is what I'm doing anything? In the, is the way I'm living, is it amounting to anything in God's eyes? Because maybe you've accomplished a lot in your job. Maybe you have a lot of influence. Maybe, maybe you've even done a lot of stuff in church. But if you aren't connected to Jesus, then he says it's nothing. Because we can't do anything without him. So maybe it looks like we're doing a lot. But if we aren't doing it out of the vine, out of that connection with him, him as our source for life, then it will ultimately amount to nothing. Words of Jesus in the the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew chapter 7. At verse 15 it says this, Watch out for for false prophets. They come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ferocious wolves. By their fruit you will recognize them. Do people pick grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? Likewise, every good tree bears good fruit, but a bad tree bears bad fruit. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit, and a bad tree cannot bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Thus, by, the fruit, by their fruit you will recognize them. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name? 
and in your name drive out demons, and in your name perform miracles, then I will tell them plainly, I never knew you. Away from me, you evildoers. This passage, whenever I read it, it makes me stop. Maybe it should even scare us a little to examine our lives and see, do I know Jesus? Am I rooted in Him? Am I living in His love? Because that's what's going to change us. That's what's going to make us be able to do things for Him. Because it's not about producing a huge amount of stuff in life or accomplishing a, a long list of tasks. It's about knowing God knowing his love, and out of that, good fruit will come because we will be changed and transformed. That's how people will know we're associated with Jesus. So some of us may need to look at our lives and if we've accomplished some big things that we're proud of, we may need to ask ourselves, was that nothing? Was I doing something? Was I connected with God when I was doing that? Or was I doing it for my own pride or my own motives? But there's also probably some of us who have maybe felt ashamed thinking, you know, I haven't accomplished much in life. I've had a pretty simple life. I feel like I, I try to do what I can do, but I just haven't done that much. But ask yourself, did you do those small things while being connected to Jesus? Maybe it was raising your kids or loving your neighbor, volunteering, serving, praying. When it's done with love and connection to Jesus, it makes all the difference. At the beginning of of 1 Corinthians 13, this iconic passage that we all know about, about love, but it actually starts off, I think, if we think of it in this context, it's almost a little harsh calling people out. In 1 Corinthians 13, starting at verse 1, it says, If I speak in the tongues of men or of angels, but do not have love, I'm only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have a, a faith that can move mountains, but do not have love, I am nothing. If I give all I possess to the poor and give over my body to hardship that I may boast, but do not have love, I gain nothing. Love in us is what actually means something. And that can only come from being truly connected and rooted in Jesus. This idea of of love being the most important thing, I think has has almost become a bit of a a cultural cliche. You hear it all the time, not just in Christian circles, but everywhere you just hear about how important love is and how it wins out in the end. But often it's just said as a passing thing. And often people have no idea what they mean when they say that, when they talk about love. That's why we, as as people who follow Jesus, we need to look to Him. Look to His example. Look to, to how He sacrifices, how He serves, how He laid down His position and authority. The one who carries the cross and dies on it so that we can be free and forgiven. The one who takes our place. Love is truly embodied in Jesus. That's why we must dwell in Him. Live in Him. Stay connected 
to him. Because out of that will flow everything else. Because out of that we can begin to pray effectively. Because in that passage we read earlier in John 15, it says, ask anything. When we're rooted, connected in him, abiding in him, ask anything. And it will be given. It's because our desires will change. Our motives will change. When we're in tune with the Holy Spirit and his work in us, what we, what we want is actually what God wants. What God wants will become what we want. We'll be able to see God do amazing things in life because we'll be in sync with him. So we need to connect to him. Love those around us. And we'll start to see the fruit. For his glory. For his fame. So and as, I, as I wrap up this morning... I want us just to ask ourselves of where do we start? What do we need to do? How do we get this started in our lives? And what came to my mind as I was praying over this and thinking about it was we need to return to our first love. In Revelation chapter 2, verse 4, 4 and 5, it says, Yet I hold this against you. You have forsaken the love you had at first. Consider how far you have fallen. Repent and do the things you did at first. If you do not repent, I will come to you and remove your lampstand from its place. We need to remember him, remember what he's done for us, how he saved us, and think about where you would be without him. Remember his love for you and ask him to reawaken that first love in you. Remember when you first became a Christian and that love you had for him. How you were consumed with it every day. Ask him to reawaken, to, to reignite that love in you. Stop and, and take moments throughout the day, the day to listen to him, to remember him, to be thankful, to think about his love for you. You know, we just celebrated Easter and Good Friday. Regularly, we need to think about and remember, celebrate his saving work that he's done in us. But also remember his sustaining work in us. Remember how far he has brought us in life. Remember all of the troubles he's brought you through, all the hardships. Remember what he's done in your life and give him thanks. You need to thank him for all that he's done and allow that to wake in you, that love for him, that trust in him, that connection to him. I remember in my, my very first year of Bible college, I was growing and learning a lot. And uh, as, as I, was, I was praying and, and learning, I, I remember I felt like something was missing. And I remember praying, God, would you just help me to love you more? I remember over the course of a few weeks, I was starting to have all of these realizations of God's love for me. I remember communion all of a sudden meant something different to me. Because I just had this, this new realization of Christ's sacrifice and love for me. 
I also became more in awe of, of God and His holiness and His greatness and, and bigness meant more to me. Because I was starting to understand who He was. You may need to pray that sort of prayer. God, just help me to love you more. There are other times I've, I've prayed that same prayer. And rather than having those revelations of God's amazing love, I started to feel convicted about sin and pride and different things that were in my life that I needed to change. But the thing is, those still brought me closer to Him. They helped me fall more in love with Him. So whatever you need to do to reconnect with Him, to remember His love for you, I pray that as you are reawakened to that, to that love, as you're connected to it, pray that that would push you outward to love those around you. That you would bear great fruit all for His glory, for His fame. That, that many would come to know Him. As we wrap up this, this morning, I just want to take a, a few moments the, the piano plays. We're going to take a moment of, of silence. We'll just take a moment of silence and, and think about God's love. Okay. Let's just take a moment. Take a moment to, as Pastor Graham continues to play. reconnect with God's love. That might be for you praying, asking for forgiveness for becoming disconnected. That might be just remembering what He's done for you, the sacrifice He's paid for you, remembering the, the things He's brought you through in life, and just thanking Him for it. But whatever it is, let's just take a moment and be open to God and just reconnect our life with Him, that we would abide and live in His love. And then I'll close us in prayer. Bowing here, I find my rest. Without you, I fall apart. You're the one that guides my heart. Sing that again. Lord, I and I confess, bowing here, I find my rest. And 
connection to you and to your love. Forgive us for the times we've tried to do it on our own. For thinking that we've accomplished a lot in this life when in reality it was nothing because it was apart from you. So help us, Lord, to stay connected to you, to live in your love, to make our home in it. Because you're our safe place, our refuge. So we thank you for your love, for all that you've done for us, for setting us free, for giving us new purpose in life. We thank you, Lord, and we love you. And we ask that as we are rooted in you, we would be able to go out and bear much, fr much fruit for you. We would show your love to all of those around us. It's for your glory. We pray all of this in the amazing name of Jesus. Amen. <laughs>